Howdy there, Cats and Kids people. It's Brad again. And Roger, his devoted father-in-law. We are here today to talk a little history about technology in the classroom and also hit on uh, when is it good and when does it get in the way. Go ahead, Roger. Well, no, it, and this isn't so much as a tutorial as what's good and, and bad kinds of technology to lose. To, to use rather, uh, it, it it it's more of a discussion to make the uh, the average teacher aware to think about when to use technology and when not to. Of course, I go way back to when chalk was an was an innovation. Uh, I'm not joking too much. I know in my early teaching it was chalk and a chalkboard. And then there were some dollars came from the federal government and everybody got film projectors, uh, got uh, film strip projectors and uh, overhead projectors. And that became the, the uh, go-to for perhaps a decade. Uh, I remember Duquesne came out with a film strip projector that automatically would advance the film strip to the next slide and Brad kind of made it sound like it. So, uh, and then, uh, early into my being a principal, uh, everything exploded, whiteboards and, oh my goodness, so many different kinds of things, uh, and, and, and the world just suddenly changed. And when I started college, I remember that about my junior or senior year, we um, learned about the internet and how to use the World Wide Web. We even had a vocabulary test on what HTTP stood for and what WWW stood for. And nowadays that doesn't matter. You can just type in the address bar and it will search for you. But this podcast is called Cats and Kids. So let's take a break from kids for a second and talk about Cat technology. And you know, technology doesn't just, isn't just in the classroom, on your cell phone. Technology has invaded, may I say, kitty poop and kitty litter. I don't have one, but I want one where the litter box is covered. And there's, it does this automatic cleaning where it runs a kind of a comb through it. And then it takes out the bad litter, and and you never have to really do that physically yourself. So even even with kitties, technology is 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 there. And then we could also talk about kitties having collars where you can tell where they are. Of course, how about the chip? The, I'm just gonna say the chip, Brad. They all have a chip. Uh, you can find where they are, and. Uh, I'm not advocating putting a chip in students, although there's some people out there that probably would like that. Anyway, yes, I advise you to buy, I'm going to buy one next week, one of those automatic kitty litter cleaners. I'm not sure what the official name is, but uh, if, if you want to learn more, you can contact us and, and we'll uh, let you know the Amazon site where you can get one. Roger, if you were to name your own electronic uh, poop poop comb or whatever what would you call it what would I what would I call it well Roger's poop cone 
could mean other things. Uh, let, 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 let's say, oh, Roger, okay, uh, uh, probably cat cleaner for cats and kids. Cat cleaner for cats and kids. For cats and kids. Get it on our webpage at threeriverspecialightconsulting.com and click on our link to Cats and Kids. Now back to technology in the classroom. When I started teaching, computers were used not only for word processing and, and research for kids, but the teacher, you used the email to communicate and you also used it to take attendance. Back in those days, we had two MacBooks that we did our IEPs on, but you needed to remember year to year which one you used for what kid because they weren't interconnected. And nowadays, as you know, we have electronic whiteboards and students turn things in online and they can get notes online and we can post videos and they can critique each other's work and we can critique theirs in real time. Cell phones, kids can respond to us and we can do formative assessments really quick in class to see where kids are at. And of course, there's the distractions with the phones, not only with the social media apps, but kids wanting to listen to music 24-7, including during lectures. I, I love the phrase holding a mirror up to yourself and looking in the mirror because I think it's, it's time with technology for teachers to take a hard look at their use of technology. Do they use not enough? Do they use too much? The old hit on the social studies teacher was all they do is show videos and films and that's about all they do and hand out packets. Uh, that might, first of all, that might not be true. And secondly, uh, if you as a classroom teacher are relying so heavily on technology that there's very little creative thought put into the teaching, I, I think it's, it's time to call time out and think about that. On the other hand, Maybe you're not using enough technology. Maybe you're just boring the hell out of the kids by standing up in front and lecturing and not splicing in a whiteboard and all the things a whiteboard can do, which is run videos and, and run co computer print, all, all of those different kinds of things. Uh, and then how do you learn how much is too much and what to do? Yeah, you should look at test scores and those things. You should probably run a a, a like like a like a blind kind of experiment where you have a where you have the real pill and where you have the the pill that just doesn't do anything, and then see which kids when kids learn the most. Uh, but I think to be aware that. Uh, uh, you may you may use too much. You may not use enough. And I think the key word here is lazy. Uh, I think a person can get lazy in, uh, in 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 what they do, whether it is handing out those packets and watching a video, whether it is just standing up and lecturing, whether it is just the same old, well, let's get in groups and do group work. Where do you go? And it's important to think about that. Coming out of COVID, I noticed that more teachers were posting 
smaller increments of videos explaining how to do specific things, whether it was directions or samples of students' work or mini lessons. And I think that those snippets were a good use in, um, in a few different ways. Number one, if a student missed class, they were able to watch that video and get caught up a little bit, which from the student's perspective or the student's time, they were able to relearn. Some of the students that I work with actually liked those videos because if they didn't understand what happened in class, they could go back. So continue to keep those posted for your students to watch, even if it was a lecture from or a, um, a snippet from a couple years ago. As a teacher, it was helpful because if a student was gone, you didn't have to re-explain everything. The student could re-watch some of what they missed and ask questions on the new stuff. So there's pieces of technology there that I don't want us to lose coming out of COVID. You know, but I, I worry we've left the wrong impression, Brad. What do you mean, Roger? Well, I, I think maybe it was just me, but we're not, we're not negative about technology in the classroom. But we have to think about whenever we use it. You know, so many occupations are becoming obsolete due to technology, due to robotics in the car manufacturing area, whatever even driving cars. I would hate to find teachers obsolete because the technology can replace them. We firmly believe that the physical teacher is a necessary part of learning, not only learning concepts, but learning to be a person. Yeah, Roger, I agree with that. And along those lines, I think that's one thing that has been a positive coming out of COVID is the public sees that too. And so moving forward, um, let's maybe get into what are, what are ways that we can not let technology get in our way? What are things we can do to help students refocus um, away from technology for a little bit, take a tech break, at least personal tech break, and focus on the learning. If you have strategies or tips that you think other teachers could use in the profession to help students refocus and keep those phones and earbuds away without it being a constant tug of war, please let us know. Respond in our Facebook page or email us. You can also hit us up on the Three Rivers site or um, through Facebook messages. Please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also love to see some pictures of your cats. Yes, yes, indeed. There can never be too many cats or too many pictures. It, absolutely right. You, the teacher, are the experts. Not some principal, not some superintendent. Wait, weren't you a principal and a school board member one time? That's why I'm saying it. Not the experts. The experts are in the classroom. 
and they're not uh, some speaker at a conference in Las Vegas. The experts are you. You hold in your hands the future of children, the future of teaching, and you got to step up and think and, and, and take a look at technology. As I said much earlier, take a look in that mirror almost daily and, and uh, hey, you, you're the folks that make the difference. That, that sound means that, that it's, it's the end of another, another episode, but before we wrap up, up and go, go feed our kitties, kitties we want to remind you that if you have ideas of warm-ups or icebreakers or other strategies, please share them on our Facebook page or comment below. And remember, when you enter the classroom, you can love cats, but you must love kids more. Have a good day.